Whether you operate one forklift or thousands, one location or hundreds, the new My Toyota customer portal can help you optimize your operation and material handling equipment. This one-stop, free-to-use platform is designed to help you take control of your information and make smarter decisions, all at the touch of a button. Register and access your data today at my.toyotaforklift.com. That's my.toyotaforklift.com. Today's warehouse needs to keep inventory moving smoothly and quickly. Meet these challenges with on-demand warehouse labeling from Brother Mobile Solutions. Our mobile and industrial printers will help optimize your operations to achieve the speed, reliability, and durability your warehouse needs. With easy integration for existing warehouse technology, convenient portability, and upfront affordability, Brother Mobile Solutions is at your side when it comes to warehouse labeling. Try one for free today by visiting brothermobilesolutions.com slash newwarehouse or click the link in the show notes. That's brothermobilesolutions.com slash new warehouse to try one for free today. The New Warehouse Podcast hosted by Kevin Lawton is your source for insights and ideas from the distribution, transportation, and logistics industry. A new episode every Monday morning brings you the latest from industry experts and thought leaders. And now, here's Kevin. Hey, it's Kevin Lawton with the New Warehouse Podcast, bringing you a new episode today. Today's episode, I am going to be joined by Philip Axar. He is the founder at Arca, and Arca is focused on delivering custom packaging for e-commerce brands and also automating your package replenishment at your warehouse and fulfillment centers, which is a pretty interesting idea and concept and definitely interested in learning more about this from Philip, who I've been kind of getting to know over the past couple months. So I'm happy we could connect on the podcast here. So Philip, welcome to the show. How are you doing? Hey man, thanks for having me, Kevin. Yeah, it's it's been fun getting to actually meet you in person at manifest. Like that was a sick conference. I actually had a great time. Yeah. I feel like yeah. I've been over two in the last two conferences I've been to. <laughs> and then I go to manifest and it was really the aspect around seeming like they would advocate people meeting with each other, engaging with mm-hmm. each other. I'm all for that. Uh, versus like trying to sift your way through what might be a click, sift your way through mm-hmm. might be long lasting relationships that other people have. And, you know, folks can sometimes be siloed and yeah. with here at this place, it felt like everyone was open to chat, open to connect, open to collaborate on some level. And next thing you know, it, I'm on your podcast. So there's, there's, <laughs> you know, case in point. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I totally agree with you. I think, you know, the one thing, and I was, I was talking to like another fellow podcaster as well that was there and we kept saying like, like oh, we, we kept trying to like connect and it was like oh, every time we try to connect like we run into somebody else like that we know or, or from the industry or somebody we've like been talking to on linkedin and, and finally got the chance to meet it was like uh, you know everybody was there basically and i think it was really an interesting atmosphere that they created to be able to to make those like connections happen and like you said have like meaningful conversations and, and potentially long-term relationships with people i think that was a really great thing so great show definitely so shout out to the manifest team there so tell us a little bit about you philip i mean what's your background and and i'm curious like how did you come to this idea for for arca and end up eventually founding the company 
Shit. Okay. You ready? This is about to be a ramble, man. Like, I'm going <laughs> to go from, like, the very beginning. Yeah. yeah uh, you know, first-generation born, Persian-American. Sure. My, my folks came over here from Iran in the mm-hmm. 1970s. Okay. And for any of you all that are not living under a rock, there's some crazy shit going on in Iran right now. And all of that <laughs> actually ties back into what the regime was like when my folks left. So very fortunate wow. to be here, like 1,000%. Mm-hmm. Went to school for industrial engineering at Cal Poly, San Luis Obispo, great program there. It's actually where... I met one of my closest friends, AJ Forsyth, who started a company called iCraft. They were like Andreessen and Horowitz backed, YC backed. Mm. It actually, like it kind of, the experience kind of encouraged me to say, well, shit, I can, I can go through Y Combinator mm-hmm. um, if he can. <laughs> and then I did. I had started a company, exited that position, and then started ARCA. But like at Cal Poly, it, it really was, you know, when we were talking about ARCA, you know, the whole like Kanban aspect that we provide right. f- for, for, 3PLs, we, we automate packaging for 3PLs. We'll connect to the WMS using their API and, um, you know, we'll, we'll just auto replenish packaging when they, when they're low. A lot of that came from my, you know, IE focus at Cal Poly. And the first work that I did there was actually not the startup world. I, I'd mm. gone up to the Pacific Northwest and worked at Boeing Aerospace for a while. And Kanban was thrown around a lot there. Great company to work for. Recognized that I don't want to work at a big company, however. Like, it was always startups for me, I felt. And yeah. very excited about what we're building right now. This is actually, with with how the environment is right now, this is the most mm-hmm. positive I've ever felt about the company, the team, the trajectory, the roadmap. So I feel incredibly fortunate with that respect because I think you'll be getting some different stories from different people depending on who you talk to right now it's it's wild right now it's 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 actually pretty crazy like we're lucky that we just closed a two million dollar seed round yeah i I feel like i just ran into a house and closed the door before like something (laughs) went off and and we're like insulated and protected it's nice yeah Uh, so yeah best best wishes to everyone out there trying to get over whatever hurdle they're trying to get over right now because i get it it's it's not easy yeah absolutely and i think you know obviously people have some some fears and stuff and there's some talk about you know investors kind of taking the money away a little bit but but congratulations to you guys for for securing that and you know it's it's interesting for sure you started out in industrial engineering and you said you know in your experience at boeing you heard you know the combine thrown around a little bit but i'm curious what the actual point was or, or what happened you know typically you know founders of a company they have some kind of pain point that they you know they find a, a yeah. problem they want to solve so so i mean when did it, your focus kind of actually shift to, to packaging in this sense and, and what happened there totally yeah i by no means went through college nerding out about cardboard boxes <laughs> like i nerd i nerd out of about efficiency yeah like i see you know dude i'm, I'm the kind of guy that'll like I see a cap from like a water bottle face down on a table. I'll flip it over just because it gets to me. Um, <laughs> like that's the type of shit that just irks me. And yeah. recognizing a space that exceeds that of half a trillion dollars just seems like a massive opportunity mm-hmm. and a fairly, I don't want to say safe opportunity because it's still going to be very difficult to innovate mm-hmm. uh, with, with all the companies you have, but it, it seems like less risk. Like I'm not going after, you know, people's lives aren't at stake and, you know, trying to tinker with that is one thing. Whereas what we're doing is, is really just solving a solution that still affects everybody because every physical product you buy Mm -hmm. uh, requires packaging. Everything that you've purchased had likely gone through a warehouse and one must ask, well, how does that, how, how does, how does one like ingest and then digest that before it gets to you? Is that like an efficient process? And the answer flat out is no. Is it an easy one? 
also know. So it's not like there's like straight gross negligence across the board. Mm. It's just that I think one can, one can admit that the supply chain industry is one that is mired with many different pockets that are overdue for renovation and packaging is one of them in this case within the warehouse. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's still folks walking the warehouse floor, counting how many boxes they have, jotting it down on a clipboard, picking up the phone, ordering more, and then needing to update their warehouse management system manually. So to be able to, I guess, automate that and remedy the manual process just seems like an opportunity that we couldn't pass. And it kind of came from just chugging along with Arca.com, which is just a platform for businesses to Mm -hmm. design and order sustainable packaging online. That that's that's been the plan. That's been our, if anything, quote unquote, lifestyle business up until this point. And it wasn't until an opportunity like Shopify came our way. Yeah. And this is before they bought Deliver. So you know, this time has passed, so we can talk about it. But you know, there was a time at Shopify where they were thinking about creating their own fulfillment nodes, fulfillment locations. Packaging was a bit of. Am I allowed to swear on the show, or is this like a PG show? No, that's fine. Okay, it was a bit of a clusterfuck. Okay, like it's it's a bit of a clusterfuck. Yeah, especially like you look at Amazon and went from this physical space mm-hmm. uh, and then veered towards digital. That's that's a huge oversimplification, of course. But like, look, they had selling books online, selling shit online, and they're like AWS and they're crushing it. And then you have someone like Shopify who builds a block that builds a platform for online store owners, and then they're moving towards fulfillment. Like going from the digital world to the physical space is a is much more difficult than going from the physical space and jumping into digital. I, w- I would argue. So I had a friend and now mentor advisor, well, friend and mentor always was, I would say, but now he's like officially on the cap table and he's an advisor at Arca, James Marks. He was working with Shopify. He's one of the warehouse management systems that they were using at the time. And he had pointed out this issue to me and said, you know, this is something you could solve. And every keystroke of the API that has been built thus far has been under his adult supervision, which I'm incredibly grateful grateful for <laughs> yeah. because I turned to him for for that, right? Mm. He's he scaled, you know, Whiplash, which got acquired by Port Logistics, which got acquired by Ryder. And even if it didn't have that successful exit, I still am such a huge believer in James just because of his idiosyncrasies, you know, relative to my flipping a cap on its on its back when it when I see it on the table kind of thing. Like he, mm-hmm. he has his own that I respect that are the mark, not just of like a great founder, but of a, a, a like a smart businessman and somebody who wants to see things work properly and actually follows through with it. Like he's known, like there's no nonsense or bullshit mm-hmm. on, on that side of the table with James. So that's kind of how we stumbled upon it. Like I was lucky enough to just be on the radar yeah. of companies I was already partnering with. Like we've made a, we've made a, Shopify has this thing called Shopify Compass, mm-hmm. uh, which is the equivalent of like a masterclass course. And we right. did we did one on packaging and shipping your products sustainably. So we've always had we've always had a close relationship with Shopify. We're the only packaging app on Shopify. Most of our com- customers live on Shopify mm-hmm. before we went into the three PL space. But it, it was really like James and then also Nick Daniel Richards, the founder CTO of of Ship Hero, who he's he's actually going to be moving to a different company now. He's no longer there, but he's been incredibly instrumental to scaling the API as well, like hand in hand with James. Mm-hmm. Super lucky that I have these like two, I, I look at them as like celebrities in this space. Granted <laughs> one being yeah. a celebrity in warehouse management systems and three PLs, mm-hmm. not necessarily the sexiest, but 
dude, it matters and it has impact in this world, which affects fucking everything. Yeah. So for, for them to be a part of it has been, has been absolutely massive and I've never felt so unstoppable. And I, and I'd probably attribute a lot of that positive, uh, statement I had about going into 2023 and beyond mm-hmm. because these two guys are at my side as they work independently on their, their own other shit too. Like yeah. they're just, you know, they advise and they, and they review code and they, they lead my team. I'm so super lucky on that front. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's really interesting kind of how you, you've had that guidance and I think it makes sense. And it, you know, it's, it's interesting how the, the initial, you know, mission or, or start out was to do this custom sustainable packaging, right. For, for e-commerce brands essentially. And then you, you discovered this, this hole in the, the 3PL market, warehousing market, which, you know, like you said, I mean, as a, you know, coming from operations world, I, I've, I've walked the floor with a clipboard before and, and counted boxes and it's, it's not fun. And it, you know, it's, it's not something that it's time consuming. No. It's not really value added in a sense. So being able to create that efficiency, I think is a, is a huge thing. And, and being able to, you know, provide the service of this, this custom packaging, but then also just packaging in general, like in a just in time scenario, I mean, I think is a, is a huge thing because there's certainly been, plenty of times where I've experienced, you know, someone didn't, didn't check that we had enough of one size box left. And then especially during the pandemic, like we, you know, had a situations mm-hmm. where we ran out of this box and then the supplier, you know, the lead time was, you know, six to eight weeks or something to get that box. And, you know, that kind of puts sure. you in a position where you can't, you can't ship orders effectively or, or sustainably in a sense, you end up shipping them in larger cartons with a lot of void space, something yeah. like that. So, so having this automation, I think is a, is a huge, huge improvement to what the traditional process would be. Um, but I'm curious, go ahead. Can I ask real quick before sure. you ask that question? Like, yeah. let's just highlight something. Sure. When were you walking around like counting? When was I? Like walking? how many years ago was that? You, you, yeah, yeah. Like you don't have to tell me uh, what company or any of that shit. Just yeah, like how long I mean, this was like in the last uh, two years, actually. Yeah. Okay. Um, so first of all, nothing's changed since then. Yeah. First of all, second, you're definitely not the first person to do it. Right. Which just goes to show you how far back this actually goes. I actually have mm-hmm. investors on the cap table who, you know, are not twice my age, but fifty percent mm-hmm. on top of my age, and they were doing the same shit yeah. when they were just out of college. Oh yeah, which just goes to show you that this this process predates the fax machine. I'm saying it for the first time right now. You heard it here first, folks. <laughs> exclusive, that, that, exclusive. That's such a true statement. This process, yeah. this process predates the fax machine. Oh yeah, it needs to stop. Yeah. It is. It is from a, from a process standpoint, it's it's older than that. Mm-hmm. Um, what was your question? I just had to point that out. For <laughs> no, I mean, I think it's th- a good thing to point out because it is, I, and I mean, it, you know, so many things in the warehouse, I mean, there's a lot of disruption going on now, but so many things in the warehouse are like antiquated, right? I mean, they're, you know, it's like, we've been doing it this way for so long, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, the old school is, is now getting, getting disrupted. And I think it's a, a great thing because there's so much room for, for improvement in those things like the, the Arca solution, certainly. So I, what I was going to ask, I, I mean, you know, you guys are able to, to provide this, you know, replenishment when it's needed and, you know, track it through the system and all these different things. But I, I'm curious, you know, how, how have you gone about building out this this package supplier network, you know, to be able to support companies like across the country? We'll be back after a quick break. 
You hear a lot about supply chains these days, because if the past couple years have taught us anything, it's that an efficient, well-managed supply chain is absolutely critical to keeping businesses successful and consumers happy. I'm Will Haywood, and I host a podcast called All Business, No Boundaries, where we talk about supply chains, how they work, what happens when they don't, and the innovations that are redefining what's possible in the world of logistics. Join me for insightful interviews with thought leaders and industry experts. We discuss how optimizing supply chains can break down the barriers that are holding businesses back. That's All Business, No Boundaries by DHL Supply Chain. Listen and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Totally. So I've I've been in this industry for like a decade and a half. Mm Mm-hmm. I've made these relationships at other companies where I did run into packaging issues. I've come from the customer's perspective, right? Okay. And we will actually get the paper in advance when we produce at these factories, right? Mm-hmm. So like ARC is FSC certified, yeah. which means that our paper comes from FSC certified mills, which we can then put through facilities that'll manufacture on our behalf. So see it as like we own the ingredients and mm-hmm. we're like leasing the kitchen. Okay. So finding these kitchens, Mm-hmm. are something that I've just like known for such a long time because I've been quote in the restaurant business for almost 20 years now. Yeah. If that answers the question, I've worked on so many projects. Like mm-hmm. there's, there's, there's a finite amount of packaging materials. There's an infinite amount of packaging styles, mm-hmm. but in, in terms of like the actual like material itself, like I've worked with everything from like PCR compostable, partial, partial PCR, FSC mm-hmm. certified paper, folding carton corrugate. We, we try to stay away from plastic and can actually substitute plastic and plastic trays with corrugated trays that are customizable, but like biodegradable craft honeycomb mailers. Like it's, mm-hmm. I, I just named off like pretty much every type of packaging you could ship in yeah. or put like a product in as a primary product. And there's only so many players out there that do it, that do it well, that have been vetted, that use our workflow process. So our mm-hmm. technology to actually manufacture. So it's our ticketing system and our ingredients and just yeah. our kitchen. Interesting. So he's he's a pretty good chef, I would say. Uh, <laughs> so you know, it's interesting. I mean, you're able to to build this network out to support all these different. As we talked about, three PLs and e-commerce companies, fulfillment situations. You know, so I mean, it's really interesting. And you know, the the automation in it is is obviously the key. So so talk us through a little bit because i'm sure we have some people listening at this point that are you know saying like yeah like i'm i just walked around with a clipboard like last week right and counting cardboard so you know tell us a, walk us through a little bit the the workflow as you mentioned like how does this how does this work how does it integrate with the our like wms and then how does it work automatically so that you know we never really run out of the the packaging that we need for sure so the secret sauce is out itself is, of course, our IP, which I will not dive too deeply into. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> However, um, sim- similar to how you can like sign up with any bank with Plaid, mm-hmm. uh, you know, with like Stripe when you want, for example, if you use Stripe as a payment processor, when you want the amount of cash that you actually service through selling as a merchant, you have mm-hmm. to connect your bank. You connect your bank typically using something like a Plaid, which will have like a drop down of pretty much drop down and search function of pretty much any bank you can think of. Mm-hmm. Similarly, we have a drop down and search function of any WMS you can think of. Because okay. there's so many out there. Oh, yeah. From like Manhattan to ShipBob to Shapiro to Whiplash. Printful has its own. Mm-hmm. There, there's just like a ton out there. Extensive has its own. So for us, it's, it's just a matter of like making it easy. One click connection to a WMS. That's step one. Mm-hmm. 
Step two is you, you'd pair your packages that you have based on your usage at your warehouse okay. to packages that we would carry. And we'll carry everything. Like it'll, it'll be the equivalent of a, I don't want to advertise them, but right. if any of you have received a catalog in the mail that yeah. says buy these boxes or buy this um, yeah, yeah. ancillary product to boxes. Hundreds um, of those catalogs, yeah. <laughs> yeah, heavy catalogs. So, I mean, again, hinting at the antiquity behind things, mm-hmm. process that predates a fact machine and a competitor <laughs> that still sends catalogs. Yes. Right? Yeah. And that's not us just like tooting our horn. I'm just telling you, hey, anyone else listening, you want to compete with us? Go build the shit mm-hmm. because it's old. Like it's yeah. it's way past the point of making sense at a warehouse. Folks are going to be losing money. Mm-hmm. Merchants are going to churn from the warehouse. Please, competitors, welcome. Calling all competitors. Come out and build shit. Let's let's go. Let's <laughs> rumble in the let's rumble in the ring. I'm not saying don't don't take it on. Yeah. The space is big enough too. Half a trillion dollars. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's so many warehouse management systems in there. Uh, there's so many 3PLs out there. We're literally the only ones building this like API tech integration. So please, all are welcome. Mm-hmm. Uh, so connect to the WMS. Pair your packages, and then packages are typically tied to a SKU by way of automation rule, and we'll make sure that happens when your SKU goes out the door. We'll be able to just detriment from that initial pile. And we are not picky and we are very flexible with how, we'll, how we will get that data. And this is where things get interesting. Mm. So if you have a camera at your packing station, for example, by using a company like, let's say, Raybot. So one of the founders, Chana, rather, he was at Manifest. Great guy. Actually, probably one of my favorite founder friends, like in my top three. Chana, I hope you're listening. Um, and the only reason that there's the other two is because I just know them longer. And, you know, we yeah. just become closer over the years. But Chana, I love you. I love you a lot. He does listen. Um, I love what you Yeah. Nice. He does listen. Okay, cool. He's always that um, manifest. So yeah. <laughs> oh, that's great. See, he's such a nice guy. He's like actually one of those people who believes in good karma, which is so nice and so refreshing <laughs> to hear. Yeah. Some people just don't. Ha- I mean, that's let's. We'll have an entirely different pod around like how we trust certain people that we work with and whatnot. But <laughs> implicitly, Chana, implicitly. Yeah. Um, you've you've got my trust, and anyone else thinking about working with him, do it because you'd be doing yourself a disfavor not to. Mm-hmm. So. So, so his company, Raybot, they have cameras set up at the packing stations and they'll be able to de- decipher like the efficiency of how things are being kitted, but they'll also be able to decipher which package you pulled. Mm-hmm. So if let's say someone on the warehouse floor picked a 10 by 8 by 6 RSC box, but it was actually like a 9 by 7 by 4 or whatever, mm-hmm. like his cameras will pick up on that and be like, they'll, they'll kind of like tattle. And they're not tattling in the sense like, okay, that warehouse worker is not going to get fired. That's not, the, that's not the point yeah. here. The point is just to say like, what is this act like? Is this data true? It's it's there to tell the truth, mm-hmm. right? That is that is ultimately how I describe his product. It's there to tell the truth, and our our product is meant to find the truth. Like his his product builds truth. Our our product finds it, mm-hmm. and so the what we'll do is we'll use that data. We'll leverage AI and machine learning algorithms to be able to decipher what your consumption rate is for that package. Track trends. And then ultimately forecast. So this is super important for your for for the warehouse because they they'll want to be able to put out a PO for the correct amount of packaging, right? Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's a freaking guessing game. Yeah. And based on that guessing game, they can actually calibrate the percentage at which they think you know we're accurate at. If we're saying based on your consumption rate, you're going to get another 800 boxes or another six pallets of whatever this is, whatever the size this package is, whether it's a poly mailer or a box, doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Uh, packing material doesn't matter. Just if it goes at a warehouse, like for example. Working with a company that does bulk boxes, those are something that they would need to auto-replenish as well. We'll be able to do that. Um, from there, the WMS automatically updates with a ship notice, WRO, ASN, whatever you use internally, 
so that you know, oh shit, we have three more pallets of this product coming. Warehouse receiving can prepare itself uh, in recognition that there's something on its way because they are running low. Instead of what typically happens, with, which could be a fire drill that has rippling effects throughout the rest of the entire supply chain yeah. of not having a product, product package, right? They could pick the wrong box, which happens all the time. And they might need to, because they run out of package, they'll, they'll pick a box that's one size bigger than the product, two sizes bigger than the product. Anyone listening to this right now, like you've received a product in the mail yeah. that's been in a package that is too big for that product, period. Like okay. if you're listening and that's never happened to you, you've probably never bought anything online because that shit happens all the time. This is one of those reasons. One of those reasons is because they run out and they're like, well, what do we have to ship this in? Because we're not, not going to ship this, yeah. right? Okay, this is available. We're going to have to just get rid of this package. Another thing is they'll just keep around the same purchase order of packages because they're just fucking used to it, which yeah. is crazy. Like they, they don't do an audit frequently enough, maybe every six months. This is what 3PLs claim. Mm -hmm. and, and this is like the ones that are more disciplined. They'll say they'll do a package audit every six months, mm. which is fine. I'm not saying you need to like completely change out your packaging more frequently than that. But depending on what your your product mix is bullshit that you don't need to do it more frequently than that yeah. because what if you had a company churn and it had a very specific package that you had for that SKU and that SKU is no longer there so why are you still ordering that packaging yeah so that you could put something else inside of it that's going to be too big for it that doesn't make sense mm. you're going to be paying more per box you're going to be paying more per label to ship that out the door because it's a better product yeah uh bigger package rather yeah, you're going to be nice. taking up less room in the back of your truck when you're freighting this out the door Look, none of this really sounds like a big deal on a one-to-one -one basis. You're like, okay, this should happen sometime. I'm literally talking about every physical product that goes out the door from a warehouse. Like, if you're talking about okay. all of them, you're this definitely adds up. Potentially thousands in a day. I mean, thousands in a day per one location. Yeah. That's not even like everyone, because I'm talking about everyone. Like, this is yeah, not agnostic. Yeah. This is this is agnostic to the 3PL that you're at. Unless you're shipping product that's heavier than 100 pounds, mm -hmm. then it doesn't apply to you. But if you are kidding and shipping parcel, oh, listen yeah. up. Like this is something that you should probably be using. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think you make, you know, huge points there because it, it's such a, you know, ripple effect and by not having like the right, right size packaging for what you're actually shipping. You know, it's, it's one thing to, you know, like you said, run out of, run out of the right size package and then use something else, try and scramble to figure out an alternative. And, you know, sometimes you may run into an issue where, you know, maybe that, that item that you have to ship was in like the, the biggest box that you, you have in stock. And then you just ran out of that box and then you're like really screwed because you, you, you can't fit it in a smaller box. Right. So something like that, but even down the line, I mean, you look at, like you said, you know, you end up with more void space in the, in the box. So you, you take up more cube in the, in the truck, which costs you more. And then it's not as sustainable as you want to be, you know, it's bad for the environment. And then I see, you know, the things you're talking about where you, customers receive packages and there's lots of like a, a toothbrush and like you know 11 by 8 by 10 box or something like that is like tons of void space and and people go online and, and post that stuff i mean i think there's like a, a reddit all about that i know i see james malley from packard post that stuff all the time on linkedin and it, it's really interesting because it's it's such a big impact that like in that in that moment in like that split decision of you know we just need to get this out the door 
you're not really thinking of that and, and you shouldn't have to be right if you put a system like arca in place that's that automates all that then you shouldn't run into that issue but it like you said it's, it's been such a manual process that it's it's easy to to have something go wrong within that process which you know i think that you guys are really pushing towards helping and eliminating those those mistakes and, and defects in in the in the process and the supply chain which i think is a is a huge thing thanks man that's the aim and appreciate you always being a proponent. I know you've mm-hmm. posted some great shit on LinkedIn, like simplifying what we do from yeah. a Kanban standpoint. And that was completely unsolicited, which I double respect. So, yeah. So, I, I mean, I think, Philip, you know, it's great to it's great to be getting to know you over the past uh, yeah. two months, something like that, or whatever mm-hmm. it's been, um, and getting to meet you in person as well and now have you on the podcast. I mean, Arca, I think, you know, at, at first, you know, first glance is like, oh, custom packaging, like that's cool. But now seeing mm-hmm. like the the whole kind of ecosystem that you've built around packaging, I think is a, is a huge thing for the industry. It's certainly going to be, you know, reducing a lot of time for, for people who, you know, those people carrying the clipboards i can put the clipboard down which i think is a great thing so you know i really appreciate you coming on the show if people are interested in learning more about arca how can they do that yeah they can go to arka.com we got ourselves a four-letter domain very lucky <laughs> uh, and if they want to chat or shoot the shit nerd out about supply chain or or anything else i'm philip at arca.com that's with two l's don't don't Dints me on that extra L. It's P H I L L I P at A R Definitely. And, and yeah, if, if you want to nerd out with Philip, he can definitely nerd out. I can attest to that. So we'll definitely put all the information on the new warehouse.com so people can easily find it. So, Philip, thank you once again for your time on the show today. You've been listening to the New Warehouse Podcast with Kevin Lawton. Subscribe and check us out online at thenewwarehouse.com. Thank you for listening to this episode. If you want more content from the new warehouse, check out our new video series called All Hands on LinkedIn. Just search for the new warehouse on LinkedIn and follow along.